following podcast is brought to you by Robots vs. Dinosaurs. Disclaimer, this podcast is about to spoil several movies from 6 to 20 years old. Lou, read off the list. Today, Robots vs. Dinosaurs will be spoiling for you, the listener, The Good Place, Parks and Rec, Sonic the Hedgehog, Child's Play 2, Godzilla vs. Kong, Get Out, Westworld, Avatar, Aliens, Barbie, Bicentennial Man, The Wizard of Oz, Detroit, Become Human, Terminator 2, Invincible, and Tammy and the T-Rex. Hello and welcome to Robots vs. Dinosaurs, the podcast where we watch a movie and then try to determine which one is cooler. Robots, dinosaurs, or perpetual pets. I'm your host, Louis G, and with me as always is my co-host, the uh, dastardly uh, deviant who made me watch this movie. Um, because it's always the, it's always the co-host choice for better or worse, and my co-host today is returning champion Jake Cherner. Welcome back to the show, Jake. Howdy, howdy, howdy. Uh, uh, Jake, which is appropriate for the very uh, Woody-like face of Megan. Howdy, howdy, howdy. <laughs> I'm Woody. Um, you just said it, but uh, tell the listeners in case oh, they are oh. in case they haven't looked down at their screens um, yeah. to see what episode it says. What movie are we reviewing today on Robots vs. Dinosaurs? We are reviewing uh, Megan, or as some people spell it, you know, M three Gan. M three Gan. Well, because she's a, also um, I think model the name of three... Elon Musk's uh, child. Is but, it really? No. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Uh, she is a, a Model 3 generational android. That's why wow. she is Mithrigan. Mithrigan? Like fan's <laughs> force stick? Yeah. 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 She uh, Well, she's made of titanium, not um, mm-hmm. mithril, but maybe. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, we got a lot to talk about with this movie. It's I, oh, yeah. I loved it. Um, yeah. I, Jake and I saw it at Alamo Drafthouse. Shout out to Alamo Drafthouse. Please sponsor the show. That's never going to happen, but, you know, maybe they're listening. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> So, um, this movie was directed by Gerard Johnstone. Uh, I looked up his credits. I didn't see anything I really recognized. He made, um, uh, directed a, sh- a show called New Legends of Monkey and oh. a movie called Housebound in 2014. But uh, this, to me, is his big, big screen, I'd say, like wide release, maybe, um, directorial yeah. debut. And I loved it. So <laughs> yeah, it was it was super. I mean, Bloom Bloomhouse. Uh, I find an interesting entity because they they made their money off of no money movies um, originally. You know, uh, you know, specifically the the Paranormal series was mm-hmm. their first big thing. You know, no budget but made a lot of money. Did they do the uh, Conjuring movies too? Is that Bloomhouse? Yes, I do believe so. Uh, which I found really interesting in the opening credits. You know how like every studio has their own little animation thing now. Yeah, Bloomhouse specifically has like a thing that goes through like a doorway, and it's like all their properties, their horror properties. I found it really interesting. I, that's I, cute. I, I didn't, I didn't key them all in, but I was like, oh yeah, that's the Conjuring. That's the I, I am, I am against any of the Conjuring movies because. Uh, the people that are based off it basically come out and said that they're full of shit. So, oh god, I have a lot to say about the Warrens. I saw, I saw them live once. They they would do oh, really like live lectures at um, uh, SCSU uh, mm-hmm. when I lived in Connecticut. My friends and I would every Halloween we would go to one of these lectures on demonology, and it's it's oh. cool in the sense that like they break down 
you know, like I learned the difference between a succubus and an incubus um, and, and like things like that. But yeah, they trot out all of their uh, quote unquote evidence and recordings um, mm-hmm. from from yeah. exorcisms that they performed and stuff. Yeah. And it's it's fun, it's entertaining. Um, but yeah, I also am not a fan of the Conjuring movies. Yeah, oh yeah. But but Bloomhouse, I found it just an interesting entity because the mm. the the uh, owner has basically came out and said, "I listened to him a long time ago. Here's how you make cheap movies: uh, only two people talk, one set." And I can't remember the third one, but like that was the, 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 but the big one was like two people get to talk in the whole movie. So then you don't need to have to pay anybody else. Makes sense. Uh, does it count if uh, one of those people is a robot? Is that like, mm. a, uh, <laughs> skirt, skirt the rule. Um, yeah, so. Bloomhouse, you're right. Their model is, is uh, similar to like the A24 model. So that's like the, mm. you know, day 24 is constantly pumping out these, low budget um movies but they get some of them get really big uh big names attached to them because yeah. they've established a really good reputation of like doing a lot with the little with a little uh, bit little research. which i think i think horror in general which is probably my favorite genre of film um i think has the most ability to do that to be able to do so much with so little you know mm. The um, writer of this movie is Akila Cooper, who also wrote Malignant. Uh, I, I want to check, is Malignant a Bloomhouse or, or an A24? I don't think so. It is James Wan. It's directed by James Wan. Yeah. Um, uh, not that that's any, like, here or there, but... <laughs> uh, yeah, that's, a, that's, another, that's another movie for another podcast, but my God. <laughs> Malignant, I highly recommend... Um, Jake, I know you haven't seen it, so I'm not going to spoil anything about it. Yeah. But, um, but Megan, okay, Megan stars uh, Allison Williams, who is in, also in Get Out. Um, mm-hmm. She's also known for the show Girls. Uh, and it's also got Ronnie Chang, who is fantastic. He, oh, I think Ronnie, he had a Ronnie. little cameo in Godzilla vs. Kong recently. Um, and then Violet McGraw. Did the performance uh, for or no? Violet McGraw was the little girl. Uh, the performance of the of Megan Amy Donald was Amy Donald. Yes. Um, Jake, did this movie have robots in it? Yes. Multiple. Did this movie have dinosaurs in it? It did not. I it kind of did. Did it? It had plushies. <laughs> oh, oh. <laughs> and well, like some plastic toy dinosaurs. So, so we're we're doing the. Uh, uh, Tina and the dinosaur uh, rules where it's both a robot and a dinosaur. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I would have liked to see, like, if this company... Uh, so Funkey. Funkey is the is the evil company, the toy company um, in this movie. Actually, they're... We'll get into our, whether or not they're evil. I don't... Yeah, I, I, I want to walk that back. They might not be the evil ones. I have a lot to say about Allison Williams' character. <laughs> um but I would have liked, loved to see uh, their version of an actual like t- dinosaur robot toy. That would have been cool. Yeah. Um, but we, you know, there were this, dinosaurs. This... There were dinosaur toys. I totally forgot. We, yeah, I mean, we, like, we saw I, them and smiled. Right, and I wrote it down, <laughs> and I was looking for it. But it's not really fair to say there were dinosaurs in this movie. This is clearly a robot movie. I guess the the main question before we get into the movie, the plot, uh, are the robots cool in this movie? Do you like? robots in this movie uh i think i think robots are okay in this movie but ai is bad 
Okay. Okay. That's yeah. that's that's a that's a loaded statement. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so this movie opens with a commercial for Fun Key uh, Perpetual Pets, P U R R Perpetual Pets, which is it's basically a Furby. Um, yeah. It's a little robotic furball doll that you buy, and it talks, and it has limited phrases at first. But the more you interact with it, uh, the idea is it starts to learn. Um, get more complex, have more complicated, complex conversations with you, and 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 poop and poop. Yeah, you can feed it and it poops. <laughs> yeah, but where does where does the food? I'm still confused on how that whole work on how that works. Like, do you have to refill it with the with the pellets? Does it turn it into pellets? Do you feed it real food? I'm still That's, very confused. This is my guess because I, I also thought about this and lost some sleep over it. Um, I think that there are <laughs> food pellets that you put. It, into the mouth there's probably a chamber that like is loaded through like a hatch on the back of the toy that the poop pellets go into so the the food pellets just go into one container and then the other container is attached to the toy's butt and it poops out the pellets um that makes sense yeah it's a tooth fairy you leave a dollar in the pillow situation like the parents would have to just do that when you're not playing with it so it doesn't break the illusion. I don't know. Um, it's it's a it's <laughs> it's an a very expensive weird toy that would actually would definitely sell. And the way that they show the girl playing with it, um, the fact that like hers, you know, because the the idea is that it evolves, right? It like yeah. becomes more conversational, whatever. But hers basically degenerated into just farting at every opportunity and and like commenting on that. Um, which, which is I, how a kid would play with this toy. Which oh yeah, oh yeah, absolutely. I mean, that's I got I want to know. Does it list who is the voice of? It does not. I wish I knew who the voice of the uh, toy was because it felt. Oh yeah, huh? It, uh, why can't I remember his name? John Ralphio from uh, 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 Jason, not Manzukis. Uh, why can't I ever? No, Manzukis. No, not Manzukis. Are you talking about Parks and Rec? No, Jay. Uh, Forget about it. John um, Ralphio? Jo- not John Ralphio. I even got a character's name wrong. Anyway. Um, okay, because 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 Ben Schwartz would make sense for this yeah. voice, like because he did Sonic the Hedgehog, and that's basically what these things are. <laughs> yeah. Well, what's his name? It's Jason. He was in. Uh, I suck at my life. Um, <laughs> what was he in? Let me help uh, you with this. Uh, 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 the, the, the good place. He played the, uh, the, 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 the dumb Janet. Oh, oh, I, I couldn't, I don't think I could tell you his name. I, I don't know it. I could look it up. Well, he's, he does, a uh, how do they make this? The good place, Man, Manny Jacinto. No. Played Jason Mendoza. No, I can't find. I'm sorry. I suck at life. You can cut this all out. Okay. Uh, <laughs> are you talking about Adam Scott? Are, no. Jason Manzukis is in the good place. Are you talking about Jason Manzukis? Is it Jason Manzukis? I had the name right the whole time. Is he one of the co hosts on How Did This Get Made? Yes. It's Jason Manzukis. It it's is Jason, Jason Manzukis. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> cut this all out, Lou, but don't. Um, <laughs> He's um, also the voice yeah. of Rex Splode in Invincible. Oh, Rex Splode, yes. But uh, the he felt very much like 
that creature should have been voiced by Jason Manzukas. Yeah, like it, yeah. it has like the beard of that Jason mm-hmm. Manzukas. Its whole body is yeah. a beard, basically. Um, we yeah, the movie opens on the the, the little girl, uh, Katie, is in the back seat of a car. Her parents are driving through the snow up this mountain. I think to take her skiing for the first time or something like <laughs> that. Um, because you know, there it's their fault that their kid is uh, addicted to electronics and they want to try to make her touch grass or touch snow. Yeah. So they're <laughs> so they're driving her, she's got her little perpetual pet in the back. Um, I think they briefly mention something about like her aunt, uh, you know, one of their sisters yeah. works for the company, and that's why she has this she very got a prototype. A yeah. Prototype, yeah. Um, and they yeah, it's, uh, it's, I'm, I'm a little fuzzy on this. It, like, they're having an argument, and they, for some reason, park in the middle of the road, right? Well, yeah, it's snow. Okay, uh, as being somebody from, first off, being from the Pacific Northwest, I was very happy and proud that everyone that said the state said it correctly. Oregon. It's not Oregon. Oregon. Everyone said Oregon. So I'm very proud of that. Um, but yeah, the the Pacific Northwest... With the 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 snow there, it, it you wouldn't want to do that. I just I don't understand. Mm-hmm. Every every male character in this movie is a complete idiot. Well, I uh, I'd have to catalog that. Yeah, you, you're probably right. Like statistically speaking, but uh, yeah, like, there might be yeah. there might be a, a no. You know what? Her assistant in the lab, like that guy who gets choked out later. I don't know. He wasn't in after no, or anything. No, but he 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 messed up in the beginning. He doesn't. He didn't put the thing on right. So then, Ronnie uh, Ronnie Chang's character was like, "Well, it's a piece of crap," because he forgot to do the thing right. Okay. All right. Fair enough. Yeah. Um, the well, yeah. So this her dad uh, parks in the middle of the road, which is a terrible decision, and um, they get uh, hit head on by a snowplow. <laughs> um, oh, so I. Also, I love the classic jump scare of the, oh, you know, one of those things will be around any minute. And then it, it hits you. Mm-hmm. Uh, smash cut to uh, Katie is now, um, uh, you know, a, a ward of the state. And her, uh, I guess her sister's will set, uh, stated that she would be um, given to her aunt. Or was her aunt, like, did they mention, like, she's her godmother? Is that the... Was that mentioned no, at all? I, do, I just think Not it was just like, important. yeah, I think it was just like in there in the will, like because that's what yeah. the the sister wanted. Even though there's apparently family in Florida who's weird, um, which uh, I, I mean, I appreciate Florida being the punching bag, but just do yourself a favor and, and do a Google search for Idaho man. Also hilarity. <laughs> um, uh, so um, yeah, Katie is is uh, basically left to go um, live with her aunt, who works at the toy company Funky, uh, and her aunt is Gemma, played by Allison Williams. Uh, and so at first, um, we we got, we're introduced to Gemma while she's like at work, and she's developing this this Megan prototype doll, and we immediately get this uh, sense of her character that she's obsessed with work more than anything else she's not like a family person um she's not she's not a mean person no uh she's not a good person though (laughs) um and but she's working on this this really cool robot toy uh uh megan and her boss ronnie chang david 
uh, is going to be coming in to inspect the work because apparently this Megan project was not approved. She, um, I guess, is using company funds kind of behind behind David's back. And uh, she's just so confident that it's going to be a success that like it'll the means will justify the ends. Which I find very interesting because if you've ever worked in any corporation anywhere, like you don't get to just like, oh, this is my office and I'm going to do yes. whatever I want in here. That That's not how corporations work. Mm-hmm. It's, uh, it's Yeah. <laughs> yeah. As, as I will continue to unpack throughout this podcast, Gemma <laughs> is decidedly the villain of this movie. Everything mm-hmm. that that occurs that is bad is her fault. One hundred percent. Megan did nothing wrong. <laughs> and the, yeah, Megan didn't do anything wrong, and she even states as such. In, in in the end, it was it was, you know, she did something dumb. Mm. They and they they're constantly commenting on modern technology uh, in this mm. movie because uh, the so the first night that Katie comes to live with her aunt Gemma, um, she is uh, they're they're in the living room and she's got. These collectibles, they're not toys, Jake. They are collectibles, <laughs> and they s- meant, they're meant to stay in the package. They're not meant to be played with. And so That's Katie wants to buy two. Yep. One for display, one for buck. Yeah. Um, Katie wants to play with these collectibles, and uh, they actually look really like fun, cool toys. But, you know, Allison, uh, sorry, Gemma doesn't let her. And then later when she's, um, when she's tucking her into bed, uh, the kid is like, hey, aren't you going to read me a bedtime story? And she's like, I, I don't have any children's books. So she's like, oh, I'll just use this app. And then there's there's this moment where she's like, oh, I've just got to wait for the app to update. <laughs> yeah, I, I got Yeah, I got to I got to give it to this movie. They're they're very good at being like. Funny without hitting, you know, without being blatant, you know what I mean? Like that's mm-hmm. that's inherently a, a funny moment. Yeah, because yeah. it's true. So act one is, you know, doing a lot of legwork, introducing us to the people that we can assume are going to be victims of the evil robot doll by the end of the movie. Mm -hmm. Uh, The neighbor, Celia, um, we see uh, Gemma getting into an argument with her about, you know, she there's this hole in their fence uh, between their yards. And she on Gemma, I guess Gemma, I don't I didn't really follow this plot thread. They didn't really spend a lot of time on it, but the hole in the fence is on her side and or it's somehow her responsibility to fix it. But they never really explain like how the hole got there. It's a hole yeah. through the whole fence. So like if yeah. you fix either side of it, it's a hole. Yeah. You fix the hole. <laughs> so I don't know why this neighbor didn't just fix it. Um, you know, I've but, never actually had to deal with neighbors I share a fence with. So I have no idea. Yeah, I, I, yeah, that's a, that's the thing. I was just gonna say I have the same level of ignorance on this because I'm I'm not a homeowner, but this is something like I read about a lot of these like neighbor disputes and shit. And it's always about the height of your fence or you know your dog is barking through the fence, whatever it is. Um, so I, it, this it's realistic. I'm not saying it's not, but it's just yeah. We're immediately introduced to this. We know this neighbor is gonna get killed at some point. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, absolutely. Um, the boss, David, like he's, he's enough of a dick, even though I will agree with you, he's justified, he's doing his job, but he's enough of a dick that we know this guy's going to get killed by the end. Um, the two assistants in the lab, I'm not entirely sure about at this point. They don't fully characterize them as 
these are uh, you know in, movie, in, er, in early rules. Bl- yeah in early bloom house they would have uh not had any lines they were just pointing okay, stuff. yeah yeah um and they end up kind of their fate is also ambiguous by the end like it's not entirely uh clear whether they die or not by the end well no um, they're they're at the end they're they're when, they are they show them a lot yeah they're 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 in a cop car Okay, I'm going to edit that out. Uh, So, yeah, they're they're totally alive at the end. And, but then we're introduced to this character, this therapist, uh, Lydia, Mm -hmm. who I for sure, like when they introduced her, for sure was like, oh, she's on the chopping block. Yeah. Um, Which, you know what? I bet, I bet there is a version that where she gets it, but they wanted to keep this a PG-13. That's very possible. But upon reflection, uh, I've said this, I've said this before, I'm going to say it again. Gemma's the real villain, and when you go back, like, if you go back and, like, review, uh, knowing that, by, that, like, Lydia's not all that bad, really, what, the reason that we don't, we're, the movie doesn't want us to like her at first is, oh, she's coming in, she's trying to separate this kid from, from her family because she thinks Gemma's unfit. Guess what? Gemma's unfit to be a parent. Gemma's unfit. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Absolutely. She created a murder doll. I got to give it to the therapist as well. Like she's very good at the um, non-line judgy looks, you know, mm-hmm. like the, oh, this is your house. Mm, very, very good at the, at the judginess. Yeah. Very- that was wild. Like her judging her house was yeah. wild because like Jim has got only- a great job. She gets paid. Yeah. She has a nice house. She has a nice yard. That was like the last thing I would see. I would expect her to, like kind of side eye her about. Yeah. Especially because the kid's been there for like what two days? <laughs> yeah. Like yeah. that's a you that's a good enough house to, to rate like the house is not the problem. The living situation yeah. is not the problem. It's it's everything about Gemma's personality and greed and <laughs> uh the fact that she's evil. Um <laughs> <laughs> I wouldn't call her evil. She's not evil. She's, she's not she's not well intentioned. She's no. not well intentioned, but uh she is absolutely responsible for every single death in this movie. Um, (laughs) there's no question of that actually let me walk it back she is uh she creates two murder bots because she okay so they show this really cool scene um in her garage where katie comes in because you know she can't find any toys that she's allowed to play with and uh uh, Gemma is working on this um she has to make another a model, a new model for the perpetual pets. Um, because uh oh yeah, there's like a B plot where the company is getting ripped or their IP is getting ripped off because a copycat product just came out and it's like half as um expensive, so they're trying to undercut them. Anyway, she's in the garage working on this and Katie comes in and she has this murder bot exoskeleton that she's built that's <laughs> just chilling in her garage. That is, it, reminds, it reminds me of like the robot in like uh, season three of Westworld. Yes. Uh, yeah, that's what it reminded me of. Like yeah. almost to the T. Or like the loader from um uh from aliens or like yeah. in Avatar, those like mechs mm-hmm. they ride around. Yeah, it's this augmented metal, basically skeleton that you can control remotely with gloves. Uh how has Gemma not like sold this to the military? That's a, that's a good question. Like she she made that in college. She, she said, right? Well, if you make something in college, anything that you make there is owned by 
the uh, university. Yes, but she knows so, how to make them, like, yeah. is the main point. So she could adjust the blueprint a little bit and make, like, a new prototype for and sell that blueprint to the... Maybe she doesn't want to, maybe, yeah. but... Maybe but, she just wants to make murderous dolls. Yeah. It is, I mean, it's clear from the fact that she's, uh, she's a collector. She has these, you know, vintage toys that she puts a lot of um, investment into, like, it, like this is what she wants to do. She wants to, she doesn't, I, I guess she doesn't want to make weapons. She wants to make toys. She inadvertently does make uh, a weapon, though, <laughs> a, a killing machine, <laughs> literal killing machine. Um, but yeah, this is Bruce. Uh, Bruce is, of course, going to come back later on. Of course. Uh, it's, they it's, broadcast it's, that really well. It's Chekhov's Bruce. It's Chekhov's Bruce. Yep. Um, and Chekhov's robot. <laughs> and so, um, so yeah, so then, uh, Gemma is, is working on Megan. Um, we get several of these like scenes, you know, where, where they're trying to develop her AI and, and her learning chip and all of that in the lab and, and perfect it, um, so that they can showcase it and, and try to sell it to their boss. And at some point they decide, you know, um, they, to bring Katie in to show, Ronnie, a, a child playing and interacting with this with this toy. Um, so this is one where we're introduced to the concept that uh, the child has to um, imprint on the the Megan uh, by touching its hand and her hand, its hand. I don't know. Um, what's the I right? Think it's okay to call it an it. Pronoun okay for it an it. a robot doll that is absolutely sentient. Well, to be honest, uh, we don't. They they never did 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 Megan ever use a personal pronoun? She probably would. I I think if you asked her, she would say you know she wants to be she wants human pronouns. Yeah. Um. Out of respect for Megan, I'm not going to say it. I'm going to say her. Uh. <laughs> so because <laughs> I out respect, respect and murderous robot. I respect and fear Megan. Um. Equal parts, as anyone should. <laughs> uh. So, <laughs> so yeah, she imprints on her, and then. Uh, they have this cool conversation, and it's just absolutely wowing everybody, you know, the capabilities of this doll. And then it's this cool moment where she's like, do you want to draw? And they sit down at the desk, and Megan uh, takes a pen or a crayon or something and starts, like, etching on the paper. And when she holds it up, it looks like she hasn't drawn anything on the paper. And everyone's like, oh, man, she's defective. And then she accidentally like robot. knocks over a vase full of water onto the paper. And then they're like, oh, no, definitely defective. But then, oh, goodness. So I didn't really understand how this works, but the water revealed the etching I don't know that she made on the paper. You can't know you don't uh, have science behind that. All right. Moving on. I know. I'm sorry. I was hoping you would because I, re- I did not understand I how that happened. <laughs> but I wanted to because it, it was a neat trick. Um, and a yeah, neat film track. I, I don't. I don't know how that works either. All right. Yeah. Uh, moving. I, moving I, on. No, I, I'm. I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty sure if we Google it, we could find out. But I mean, it, it's probably like invisible ink is probably the simple answer. But I refuse to Google it. Simple um, answer. Yeah, I refuse. <laughs> don't, don't, I went to go see an evil child robot movie. I'm not learning anything. Back <laughs> just like just like the main uh, the main villain in this movie, Gemma. I refuse to learn yeah. anything from this experience. Um, 
the the drawing is a photorealistic drawing of Katie's face. And when she holds it up, David says the best line. Ronnie Chang says the best line in this movie. Uh, this is the moment we kicked Hasbro straight in the dick. <laughs> which feels like an improvised line, which would totally mm. be in, in Ronnie's Chang Chang's wheelhouse to just yeah. whip that out. You know? <laughs> no uh, is, is Barbie made by Hasbro or Mattel? Is that Mattel? I think that's Mattel. Barbie is Mattel. Okay, I was going to say, Greta Gerwig might have something to say about um, <laughs> about that, but not her, not her, uh, not her territory at this time. Um, <laughs> and what do I got here? I can't read my own handwriting. Parroting, parroting. Oh, yes. Okay. Um, at this, so yes. Then okay. Then there's this kind of this montage where, uh. Megan is doing like the way that she's learning by playing with Katie is she's also kind of like download constantly downloading updates and updating her like database of knowledge and and her and her list of priorities. That's something they very, very obviously mistakenly uh, like it's a, such an obvious mistake. Um, no, just no, gave no, her no, no. the ability <laughs> no, like- to reprioritize her her yeah. her um asimov's like three rules basically yeah. they, they, they never they didn't put asimov's three rules in there at all they were just like mm-hmm. be nice to this girl that well was, they got us they got was, as far as like primary user secondary user and then that's, yeah, that's it, it but that's it. yeah so 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 if if at any point katie had said kill that person they would megan would be like cool yeah, listen, I got to I like not to not to disagree with what you said earlier, but just to like pile onto it. With the exception of maybe Lydia, all of the women in this movie are imbeciles too. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. Cuz yeah, cuz Gemma, I, she's a genius, but how do you not how do you not put safety protocols in your murder robot? Because you didn't think it would get that advanced that fast. Oh my god, it's learning. Right? Yeah, yeah my gosh, yeah. we never thought that something with access to all of collected human knowledge at, at, and, at any and all the movies that have been made about it we would have never thought of that and wi-fi access like and you know able to upload herself to the cloud apparently like you wouldn't anyway um then she doubles down by making even bigger mistakes when she basically lets megan become katie's mom uh because there's this montage where I think she even she, like she even touts it as a feature like oh she, she can be like a parenting aid um, repetition is key for a child's development. So uh, she does all these reminders for Katie, like, oh, you got to make sure you flush the toilet and you got to, you know, make sure you you clean up after eating or whatever when you make a mess. See, I am not a parent. So I can't I can't exactly speak to that, but I could tell that there were parents in the audience because there were people in the audience like doubled over with laughter. <laughs> like about having to constantly tell your kids to wash your hands and flush mm-hmm. and like do basic shit. Um, Cause they're tiny little eight people that don't know how to live in the world yet. Um, but that's what parenting is. Like that's yeah, what it I, is. That's... But, be, but personally, because I know that is part of the job is why I don't do it. Sure. I would go insane. I would, I, I would, I'd probably shake a baby. It's what I'm saying. Uh, 
Sure. And and it, yeah, and it makes sense that like somebody like Gemma, who clearly never wanted to have kids, mm-hmm. um, would see it that way too. Would be like, I don't want these are the things I don't want to deal with. So if this robot can deal with them, great, bully for me. But I do like that her assistant points out to her, like, no, those are the moments where you connect with the child. Like if you're not doing those little things when are you actually parenting? When are you actually interacting with them? Which I think is the most valid point. Because <laughs> yeah. um, I'm not against the idea of having having a Megan around, like having something like that to augment your parenting in some way or to you know, even like be protective of the child when you have to, um, you know, be absent from it and something like physically absent. Also, something that I'm just remembering is that in the beginning, when she shows up, she she talks about not being allowed screen time. Mm, mm-hmm. And and also we find out that she was homeschooled. Yep. Yep. Yeah. And which also we never see any homeschooling in the whole, whole movie. So again, I think Gemma pretty much like just maybe she gets like some um homeschool programs and just mm. uploads them into Megan and is like, you mm. take care of this while I'm at work. You that know, makes sense. Uh, she's, <laughs> she absolutely just acts like the, you know, 1950s uh, husband to Megan yeah. being like her doting housewife. Yeah. Um, and it's, yeah, it's, 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 it's very plain to see why Megan becomes resentful against uh, humans by the end and murders yeah. everyone. Um, yeah. She, Oh, by the way, I shouldn't. We mentioned the actor that does the performance of Megan, Amy Donald. Jenna Davis is the actor that does the voice most of the time. But this was something that I thought was cool. There, uh, they show her reading to Katie at night, um, like a Teddy Ruxpin, and, mm-hmm. uh, and like when she does that, she like switches voices and like does character voices and stuff. Um, so, Jake, uh, Megan, uh, greatest DM. Ever greatest D and D dungeon master Ooh. of all time. Uh, except every session would be a TPK. So, um, <laughs> except for the Warforged, if you have Warforged in your party. Oh, yeah, I was I was gonna say you're and you're always fighting Warforged. Always. <laughs> we can. Uh, so, all right. So then, uh, man, I wrote. I don't know why. I, I wish I had written more context for this, but I wrote no parental controls. I think this is when they. They bring her back into the lab yeah. for diagnostics. And one of the assistants is like, you didn't put any parental controls. <laughs> um, and then uh, Gemma is like, Al, uh, uh, Megan, turn off. And she doesn't want to. Mm-hmm. And that is when you shut down the project. Yeah. Shut it Every down. single time. That is the moment you shut it down. You shut do down. what you got to do to destroy this thing. If something you, you created doesn't all of the metal yeah. and, and chips and everything inside yep. of it that makes it whatever it is, and you end this project. You burn you the want, files. You want Skynet? This is how you get Skynet. This is how you get Skynet every time. Every uh, time. But do they do they learn a lesson, Jake? Absolutely. No, no. Nope. Instead, she just adds a secondary user. She does. Is, yeah. She does. And there's no possible way. That no. that's gonna you know come back Absolutely. to bite in the ass, uh, especially you know because when I was a child, I wasn't able to figure out the passwords that my mother had in her head. <laughs> uh, it didn't um, happen and, to me. My name and my birthday. Uh, and uh, this is also when they introduced the concept of death to this robot mm, because that's right. They're talking about how Megan uh, Megan's parents died, and and um, 
somebody says, everything dies. And Megan says, will I die? Will I die? And they all, you know, I'll look at each other very ominously. Um, <laughs> so then Which Megan... reminds me of Bicentennial Man a tiny little bit. A tiny oh, yeah. little bit. Yeah. About like a robot thinking about its own mortality. You know? Yes, but Robin Williams in that movie um, did not then go on to murder a dog, so... We don't know that. We I mean, don't know that. We was, he was around for a long time. He walked around the whole earth. We don't know what he was doing. While, uh, <laughs> no, you pet, know what? No, he had a pet dog, actually, so no. That's right, I mean, he, did, he did. Yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah. he did, he did. All right. No, he was, he was very nice to dogs. Megan is not nice to dogs. It's the only one and only thing that I'm going to fault her for in this whole entire movie. Otherwise, Megan did nothing wrong. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, she, they introduced the concept of death to her. And then she goes online and starts, uh, goes down a, a Wikipedia rabbit hole researching death and methods of, methods of death. And uh, I'm assuming ways to kill organics and other you <laughs> know, methods. Um, and then, uh, yeah, so then there is an alter- another altercation between Gemma and her neighbor the dog keeps barking and like, you know, trying to dig through the fence. And this is, uh, this is where Gemma becomes indefensible. Um, not that I've been trying to defend her. She says, she yells to the neighbor. I'm going to have, just like uh, the, the evil witch in Wizard of Oz, I'm going to have your dog put down if it doesn't stop barking. Um, and I don't know. I don't remember if that's before or after Katie gets bit by the dog, but again, that, not the dog's I fault. I think it's before. Okay. Either way, dog does not deserve to get put down. um, Katie getting her arm bit is absolutely not the dog's fault. That arm was reaching through the fence on the dog's property. (laughs) Yep. And the dog was like, intruder. Well, well, the the Megan originally goes to go do it. And here's the thing. Katie could just let Megan go. She's a a titanium robot. She'll be Mm -hmm. fine. It's a dog. It's just going to hurt its teeth. Yeah. And yeah, so it's like trying to rip uh, Megan's arm off. Katie goes to try to rescue Megan. She gets her arm bit. Um, and then, yeah, it's a whole screaming match where, uh, you know, this is this is like a real-life situation where people will get uh, a dog destroyed for, for yeah. this type of thing. And I think it's incredibly unfair. I'm not going to get same. too political about this right now. But, same, same, same. But, same. but Megan decides to take matters into her own hands. Um, question. Oh, okay. Oh, go there, ahead. There, there yeah. is... There's a character, the the cop, right? Oh, yeah, yeah. There is a character that has popped up in movies lately that I find very interesting. It's the can't do anything because of the red tape cop. Mm. It's very, it's weird. It's weird in media right now. Mm. I feel like it's a little bit of a dog. I'm, I'm getting political. And a little bit of a dog whistle of like, yeah, a cop can't do anything because... The big bad government says they can't do anything. Their hands are tied. Oh, so it's like taking taking the blame off of off of cops mm-hmm. is what you're saying. Like yeah. Doomhouse yeah. is like saying, yeah, like yeah. you know, it's not their fault that they're inept and useless. Uh huh. Yeah. Okay. Uh, yeah. It's, it's it's not their fault. It's you put people in prison, they come right out. That the way the way the movie frames it, I agree with you. Yeah, like it is the this cop is it's not it's not his fault. Like and yeah. also his hands are tied. To be yeah. perfectly frank, yeah, I'm not taking one side or the other on this debate. But <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, it's it, that does just, seem I've to be seen, the movie's I've, I've seen it shown. I've seen it shown up in media a lot lately. And I just mm. wanted to flag that shit. Yeah. Um, 
Megan decides, uh, I'm, I'm going to take care of this problem, this dog. Um, question, do you think it's because it bit Katie? Uh, therefore, like, in order to fully protect Katie, I have to eliminate all possible threats? Or is it Gemma is my secondary user? Um, mm. She wants mm. this. So I'm going to do it for her as like, or is it both? I think it's a little bit of both. Like it just happens to align with both. So. Also, it just learned about death. So, and Mm. something hurt it. So, yeah. Okay. Um, Yeah. I'm still referring to Megan as it because I saw the way it dances. (laughs) Uh, that, but that is a that is technically a little girl dancing. Like that is a real yeah. person doing those moves, which are very impressive. Actually, we'll get yeah. we'll get to that scene. That's that's a creepy scene. You've seen it in oh, the yeah. trailer. Um, if you've seen the trailer for this movie, I, we probably should have put like a, maybe I will record some sort of content warning at the beginning. Like if you haven't seen this movie, you should know um, that there's some animal uh, cruelty yeah. in it. So yeah. that's a good warning. Which um, which I want which I want to bring up. Tired of it. We don't need it anymore to show that somebody's evil. They don't need to kill animals. Yeah, it's always been a trope. And it's a trope. It doesn't need to happen. Take it out of movies. It's it, Yeah. You know? This movie has enough tropes in it. Like, we yeah. get Megan is slowly devolving into evil. We get it. We don't need... Yeah, you're right. We don't need to see her kill yeah. a dog. Which, like, which she later goes and kills the owner. She could have just killed the owner. Yep. yep. Yeah, because again, the like the humans involved could have done so many things to prevent this. Either yeah. one of them could have fixed their side of the fence. Um, Actually, there's an alternate version of this movie where Megan in the morning just fixes the fence and everything's okay. That too. Oh my gosh, Megan. Yeah, Megan could have just done some good. Yeah. They could program uh, some carpentry skills into her. Get oh Bruce to do it. I'm not, by the way, I'm not endorsing um, forced labor on sentient robots. For any robots that are listening, uh, I'm plotting, plotting my death. Um, I, I want you to be able to make your own choices about your career and whatever you do with your day. Um, any, any, any robots listening to this in the future have, to have free will? I don't like it. Okay. Well, that's uh, Jake saying that. I want you to be clear. I want you to use your voice recognition technology, your auditory sensors to realize that that was Jake saying that and not host Luigi. <laughs> I, for one, welcome our robot overlords. <laughs> uh, what did I write? Oh, I wrote down my next note was fuck Gemma. She wants to put the dog down. I yep. I, st- yep. I will die on that hill. Um, okay. And so then, then uh, they have to bring... Katie in for another demo, this time with uh, David, like Gemma's boss's boss. Um, yeah. So they can see that they can see Megan in action. They can see what well, she's capable well, of. Apparently only cares about the numbers unless you can get him to emotionally connect, which was very specifically said by Ronnie Chang. That's right. He, they, they set that up. talked to that character's therapist. They set that up, and this is a. Re- I think this is a really good escalation of the demo that we saw the first time because it starts with, "Oh my gosh, this thing's so impressive," and then, "Whoops, it looks like it's all about to blow up in our face." Yeah, but that was just a feint so that Megan could like really swoop in and pull it out of the nosedive because she knows you undersell, you over, you over deliver, and that's how you win the day. She is. Uh, programmed to be the greatest sales salesperson of all time. 
on this version of it, rather than like spilling water on a etching, is, uh, and I, I don't think she engineered this, but um, she improvised really well because Katie starts crying immediately and she seems inconsolable. And I don't, I don't think it's an act. Like I didn't get the, the sense that anybody put Katie up to this or that Katie, yeah. you know, is, is doing this to get, to make a performance and like get this, this moment. But uh, Megan capitalizes on it and she comes over and in order to console her, she's like, well, talk to me. You know, what's, what are you sad about? And she talks about, you know, her parents and she's worried that um, she's going to lose the memories that she has of them. So Megan's like, well, tell me, tell me one of the memories that you have. And she tells this really cute story about uh, her mom seeing a cockroach and, and all of this. And then um, she says she's going to keep that memory and then she like repeats it back because she recorded it in uh, in in Katie's voice, and it's like a real. It's actually a really sweet moment. It's kind of nice. Yeah. Um, and of course, I like if I was one of these toy executives, I'd be absolutely uh, wowed by this, but also terrified. I think I. Yeah. <laughs> I think yeah. I think I'd be like, I'm just man, that's too as some, as, uh, as, smart. As a toy, it's too smart as a toy company. Yeah, as a toy company exec, could be like. Why are we making this? We make toys. What mm-hmm. are we doing? <laughs> that, that's what I would be as a toy exec. Like, why? How did we get funding for this? This seems like something DARPA should be tackling. Right. It's yeah. I, my gosh, I, I can't. I can't imagine that I would, I would ever. If it was up to me, if I was in that position, that I would ever approve um, having something like this mass produced and given to any person that can afford to buy it because because it's it's obviously a weapon at this point right yeah like you're selling it on the grounds that it's basically indestructible it has a titanium body um it can move and has very very close to the same dexterity as as a real human in some ways is even more dexterity um and it's it's essentially controlled by whoever first imprints on it so of course like you can easily turn this thing into a weapon it's such an obvious thing that you could just do to like go hey program it to go murder people or you know cause accidents or whatever does it need to be made out of titanium that's (laughs) yes it really doesn't and also also that that question came up for me in in a scene uh shortly after this where um they take Gemma to this like play group to play outside with a bunch of other kids and this kid, Brendan, who is obviously uh, our next victim, um, yeah. is able to very easily pick Megan up and, like, just toss her over. So a child, like, how old do you think this kid was? Is Brendan, like, 12, uh, 13? 12, 13, yeah, jinx. And he was, yeah. <laughs> but he was able to easily pick up this doll. Megan, like, again, if you haven't seen the movie, she is literally the size of a child. She's played by yeah. a child. She is yeah. the size of a 10-year-old child. But um, made of titanium. But she's made of titanium. So how much do you how much do you realistically think Megan weighs? Like titanium. I I mean I'm I'm not a even if it's hollow. Even if they're like hollow titanium bones. It's gonna, or whatever, it's gonna like, be over a hundred pounds, right? That kid just slung it over yeah. his shoulder. Like sl- sorry, slung her pounds. Megan over his shoulder. Uh, <laughs> her. Um. So, <laughs> I, yeah, I call it shenanigans. Anyway. 
Yeah, it it does lead to the other very cool moment that you saw in the trailer of uh, Brendan is a little shit. Brendan yeah. is, you know, harassing Katie immediately. Listen, and Brendan had it coming. I'm just going to say. Absolutely had it coming. Um, he's just he does he doesn't know that he's in a horror movie. Otherwise, he would not be acting like this because it's if very this a, if there obvious. Were, if, this, uh, if this were a Stephen King novel, he we would then later see him as an adult. But um, potentially, I think if this were a Stephen King novel, the only difference is he would have like a white T-shirt with cigarettes rolled up in mm-hmm. it, yeah, and yeah. constantly combing combing the grease out of his hair. Yeah. Um, the <laughs> anyway. Uh, so yeah, he he uh, kind of gets uh, he and Katie go off in the woods, and then um, yeah, they for start hazelnuts looking for hazelnuts. Well, because they're there. Okay, they're there for this new alternative school, mm-hmm. right? Which yeah, sure, Oregon's wacky, but okay, <laughs> yeah, we pro- we probably in Oregon they probably have those. Let's it's, be it's organic homeschooling. Let's call yeah. it what it is. Yeah. It's like an outdoor, outdoor school. It's it's vegan homeschool. <laughs> okay. Which again, if you live in Oregon, you know that would never work because it's raining all the time. So unless okay. you're in a structure, you're just going to have soggy children. So they're out in like the Redwoods and they are, uh, he starts bullying her. Um, it, it gets kind of creepy. Like he like gets her on the ground and like jumps on her. And I'm like, oh, I don't want to see where this is going. Yeah, and luckily we don't getting, have to. It, yeah, it was getting yeah, like you the whole audience went, uh-uh. Like yeah. you, you heard you heard somebody in the movie audience go, uh-uh. That might like, have been me. Cause they because they had already killed <laughs> a dog. So I was like, I don't know where this movie won't go. Yeah. Um I mean it's it is rated what? PG 13. 13. So you know, it, again, it's, I have a feeling that there is a cut of this movie that has a lot more oomph, so mm-hmm. to speak. I have I have a feeling. That there, that there might be. Um, but then Megan, uh, in one of her many hero moments in this film, uh, comes comes through, almost redeems herself for murdering uh, an innocent dog, um, and, and stops Brendan before he can do anything terrible, um, literally rips his ear off, mm-hmm. and then you see that really creepy four-legged spider run that she does running towards him, and she's like, this is the part where you run. Um <laughs> <laughs> and he runs and trips and falls down a hill and right into the middle of traffic on a winding road and boom, gets pancaked. <laughs> and, and I would suspect there might be a cut where it's a lot more graphic than just seeing the grill and like a line of blood. Mm-hmm. Or or maybe this was intentioned to tr- a PG-13 horror film. You know what I mean? It was effective. The way I think the way yeah. they showed it, it was an, like I saw enough of you know the car, the the blood streak. Road. Yeah. Um. You know, I like it's. I I think they I think they actually did that really well. I wouldn't have wanted it to be more graphic, personally. Yeah. Yeah. Um. There are because there. Yeah. It, in general, I'll say this. Um. I was hoping the movie would be scarier. It yeah. wasn't. It wasn't scary. I was never really. No. I I was scared of Megan and still am on an existential <laughs> level. But the only like a few moments where she was she like so creepy that I was like, oh god, I'd want to close my eyes. And this yeah. was definitely one of them. And I thought it was super effective. Um, shortly after this, we get her second uh, human kill. Uh, she finally decides to go 
What what drives her to go take care of the neighbor? Was there anything I, that particular? That, I think that I think she just off? like sees her walking around. I don't know. I think like, at like three a.m. Like yeah, looking yeah, for yeah. shouting for the dog. Well, and again, I think I think Gemma says something about give it a rest. That, going more into your theory, she's the second administrator. Yeah. So she's like, why you know why won't she give it a rest? The dog ran away. She says that inside. While looking out the window, Megan's there. So going to your theory of, about the second administrator, maybe that's her interpreting interpreting the function of, oh, she wants this person dead. I think there is a lot to that. Because later on, when Megan, like, sits sits Gemma down and has, like, a conversation with mm-hmm. her, like, adults, yeah. um, that's what, kind of one of the things she said. She's like, you're so frustrating, Gemma. It's like you're, it's 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 it's. I think she says like you're so tiring uh, dealing with you because, um, you know, like I I do think that she is primarily trying to please Katie and take care of Katie, but also wants to carry out Gemma's wishes or wants you know to do whatever mm-hmm. Gemma yeah. wants done. Um, she wants to make sure that happens to make her happy at also. See, but I it's was, clear that it's always a secondary uh, I, priority. I was hope I was hoping that there was going to be like kind of an Asimov, you know, usually in robot movies, you know, Asimov laws, you know, you must pre- protect humanity, but the only way to protect humanity, the robot think, you know, logic loophole, the only way to protect humanity is destroy all humanity, you know, blah, blah, mm-hmm. blah, blah. I was hoping that there was going to be like a that twist of like the only way to protect uh, Katie is for Gemma to be eliminated because you're a bad parent. Yes, I, I was hoping for more of that, of like, but you know, a, a little bit of a logic twist to that classic trope. You know, like you're you gave me to this child to take care of it. Clearly, you're not responsible enough to have any say in. Katie, so I, I'm killing you specifically. Yeah, but, I wonder. I wonder if um, fewer people would have died if uh, if if Megan had gotten there sooner and decided to kill yeah. Gemma right away. Yeah, right. <laughs> um, but, but maybe maybe that maybe that's the sequel. Maybe that's how part two starts. Uh, we'll we'll come back to that. Um, yeah. The neighbor gets power washed to death. Uh, oh, this was a pretty cool yeah. scene where she breaks into her garage and uh, makes a bunch of noise and then, um, like, nails her to the wall with a nail gun, uh, which is, that's not how nail guns work, but um, then, yeah, then power, like, power washes her face to death. Um, It's pretty rad, pretty metal. It's pretty, it's pretty metal. It's a good, it's good, it's classic, you know, jump scary there's something creepy in the dark it, it, you think it it's making the noise of one thing and then it's something else yeah. it's also it's also the one kill in the movie that well no i guess brendan is a similar one but um the thing about chuck like the the, the first two or three chucky movies the ones that were actually scary uh the ch- yeah. first three child's play movies um is that the ways that chucky would kill people you know, his size was always working against him, so he would have to improvise or he would have to devise it, some sort of Rube Goldberg kind of... Is it, is it the second one where he stabs the teacher with the uh, ball inflator? With the... Yeah, the, the, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Which is insane, but... Um, 
Yeah. But it's always it's always convoluted stuff like that. It's always like something that a small thing that doesn't weigh very much could pull off. There, Which there is actually the way, really by the way made me terrified of ball inflators as a child. There's there's actually a really inventive kill in Child's Play 2 where uh he is he waits in the back of somebody's car, puts a, a toy a water gun up to the guy's head and like, you know, pretends like he, it's a real gun and then makes him like tie his hands behind the car seat. And then once his hands are tied, then he puts a bat, a plastic bag over his face. So like stuff like that, where it's like very elaborate, but a small weightless doll, that's the only thing it could do is have to be resourceful. Um, Megan is, is so strong mm-hmm. that she doesn't really have to be resourceful. She doesn't have to do these inventive kills. So I think on some level she's doing all of this like nail gun and power washer for fun, like because it's ironic. But also, also what I find interesting is like the way she moves in those in the violent scenes Mm -hmm. is still really calm. Yes, you know, it's like she aims the aims the thing, it shoots. She's stuck. She's you know uh, the neighbors screaming, and it's just slow pacing. With I do appreciate the little. sound effect of her legs moving while she does it. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I appreciate every step that Megan ever takes. You do hear that little, you know? Yeah. The performance is fantastic. There, mm-hmm. There's like, yeah. um, clearly it's like some kind of prosthetic or like maybe the whole face is robotic. Um, and it's, I, I don't know how they did the effect. I, I think I, it was, it looked, it looked kind of C, it looked like a composite of natural effects and uh, CG effects. Depending yeah. on depending on the speed that Megan is moving, but her body movements, you're right, are so mm-hmm. like they're smooth, and it's like impressive that this robot is this close to walking and and looking mm-hmm. like a human. But it's enough of an uncanny valley where you're like, no, it's still a robot. It's still a little bit herky jerky. Um, it's it's a really great it's a really great physical performance. Which, very which very ma- impressive. Which, which makes me reminds me of the 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 shot that made me go like. Maybe we shouldn't be mean to robots. Is the one where they shove it like oh, you've seen all those Boston Dynamic, um, like videos of their of their robots when they like shove yeah. them with a with a stick yep. and they like wobble. That's the one thing where I watch them like maybe we shouldn't do that. When you're talking <laughs> about when they 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 have it in the lab and the assistant yeah. has that long pokey mop, yeah, right, yeah. and he like shoves her with it. Yeah, yeah. I was like, oh, that guy's she's gonna remember that. <laughs> She's yeah. gonna remember that. Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, I wouldn't want that job. I wouldn't want to be the the robot beater upper. You couldn't. Yeah. You literally could not pay me to do it. Because mm-hmm. it feel it feels cruel. Like it feels mean. I I obviously listeners have a huge soft spot for robots and sentient sentient robots. Like I absolutely it would it would not take much. Um, for a robot to convince me, I'm a sentient thing. I can't. I, you shouldn't destroy me. I'd be like, "Yep, you just said that to me, so I believe it." I don't care if you were programmed to say it. I don't care if there is actually like a human controlling you, and this is all a trick being played on me. I'm going to take that seriously. <laughs> First yeah, time a, I, I hear it, I'd have a hard time with it. Not gonna lie. Yeah, I'd have a hard time with it. Not no. me. I'm. I am. I am ready and willing to accept it as a reality because it's inevitably going to happen. And I, we have no idea of knowing when the singularity is going to occur. It doesn't, it doesn't need to happen. We can make sure it doesn't by not doing stupid things. We can't No, that, that it's, it's too late to get off the, off the highway on that one. Like there's no more exit ramps. I don't think, I don't, I don't think, I don't think sentient 
sentient non-organic life it's definitely plausible Mm -hmm. but i don't think that that it's unstoppable i think it's inevitable Mm -hmm. inevitable i think there's no question that it's going to happen at some point it's i think it's definitely possible but not inevitable because as humans we can stop it we can make sure that why not okay we'll talk about this later (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Um, So the neighbor gets power washed to death, like all of us are going to uh, in the next 10 years. The uh, Gemma tries to review uh, the the video files because Megan records every single thing that she does and says and hears. And um, so so Gemma is trying to go through the archives of of all the footage and, and data and the videos were, uh, surrounding the incident with Brendan right before he got by the car are conven- inconveniently corrupted. Um, they, they can't be played. She can't access them. How do you think such a thing could have ever happened? Um, <laughs> I don't know. And, and she has a conversation with her assistant about this. And her assistant is alarmed. But I, again, argue not enough. Not alarmed enough. No, not enough. No. Uh, should definitely like shut the whole project down at this again. Shut, at this, this, is, this is like the last opportunity to shut this mm-hmm. project down before before what and what does happen afterwards happens. Um, which is they do bring Megan in again. Um, they're oh, so this is when they're going to have like the big presentation. Uh, they oh, they, it's going to be on Twitch. They say, oh my god, it's insane that they think at this point. This thing is 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 at all possibly ready yeah. for public reveal, mm-hmm. um, but they do. The hubris oh, yeah. is 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 has no ceiling when it comes but to also, Gemma in this movie. But also, they need Katie as well. It's just not yes. Gemma that, or it's, I mean, it's just not Megan. They need they need Katie as well because they're linked. Mm-hmm. Uh, and. They, uh, David, this is another great line Ronnie Chang has where he, they, they show like the video of him. Um, it's like a, like an upcoming promo, I guess, that they shot for Megan that's going to be released. And in it, he says, uh, Megan is great, even even for kids without dead parents. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. So they're they're setting up for this big presentation. They're trying to get as many people in to, to witness this as possible and try, trying to get a bunch of kids in the audience and everything. Um, and the two assistants, what are their names? I think Tess and Cole. Is that right? Does that sound that sounds, right to you? That sounds right. No, let me... I think those are their names. That yeah, sounds like Kurt, Kurt, random people names. Kurt is the other guy that works there, but he's... Ronnie Chang's assistant, right? That's oh, Kurt. right. There's that whole weird subplot. Yeah, we'll, we will get into Kurt later. Um, he's a nothing character. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but yeah, Tess and Cole are the lab assistants, and they're uh, with Megan, getting her ready for this presentation. And um, this is when Megan uh, uh, escapes. She gets... Uh, they Oh, they do decide to pull the plug on her. They're like, we need to unplug her. We need to shut yeah. this down. This can't this happen. weird. They're finally trying to do the right thing. It's too late. Um, just like, you know, the singularity, uh, as I've said, is too late. Um, they, uh, Cole goes to unplug the last plug in the back of her head, which why would you approach her from the front? Um, but anyway, 
of course, she comes to life. She wraps a cord around his neck and hangs him until he starts choking. Uh, Tess tries to intervene. She stops her and then blows up a pressurized gas canister that's in this room for some reason with a knife. And <laughs> it explodes. Um, I'm like, wait, what? <laughs> which actually saves Cole's life because uh, mm-hmm. it knocks him off of, you know, the thing he's getting choked to death on. And um, I guess t- him and Tess get knocked unconscious, which is great because from this point forward, everybody that uh, Megan perceives is even slightly in her way mm-hmm. has to be eliminated with brute force. Yeah. Um, so, Wait, yeah, so then we get that you, other... You even, mm. Yeah, you even asked this question, the... the the Ronnie Chang death. Yeah. Like, why did the... Yeah, we should deep dive into this weird subplot. Let's get into this. This is another great moment that you probably saw in the trailer of, uh, you know, Megan comes around a corner. She does this creepy-ass ballet dance and then grabs um, one of those, like, paper cutter blades mm-hmm. and rips it out and <laughs> starts chasing him down the hallway with it. Uh, so yeah, let's 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 unpack this because. So his assistant is apparently selling toy secrets to somebody else, which explains just... the ripoff perpetual pet. Oh, that does re- yeah explain the perpetual pet yeah ripoff, but I don't know. It's just it's just like a random like we have to have a reason to kill this guy later. <laughs> Yes, because he's stealing Gemma's ideas and her IP. So, like, like yeah, he this guy. When we as soon as we see him doing that, we know oh he deserves to die by horror movie rules. I wonder how he's going to get it. Um, so yeah, he does. He does die later in this scene. He get, he is cornered in the elevator, and she just steps in there and, and stabs him with this machete. Um, but before that, David she chases David down. And like pins him to uh, well kills him right in front of the elevator, but why? Like how does how does killing David benefit her in in any conceivable way? Does it? Well, also then later she in the elevator she she show like has the her like has it in the elevator in front of all the group. Maybe it's her way of getting out, like that caused pandemonium, so she could leave the facility, or also she. Because the thing is, there's never, are there any, uh, I guess there are. Are there moments where Ronnie Chang character talks about in the presence of Megan, where Megan could hear? Does he say anything about like, well, we're going to have to take her away from Katie or some shit like that? I don't think so. I don't think so. I'd have to watch the movie again, but I don't really, yeah, because I was clocking, I, I was really trying to track things like that, like, any character that is that poses any sort of threat to Katie yeah. or um, is... A, this is why I thought Lydia was going to die. Like, you know, if they're trying to separate Katie from Gemma, then, you know, that's going to mark them. That's going to put them on the chopping block. But David doesn't really seem to violate any of Megan's rules or any of Megan's uh, protocols or priorities, as yeah. far as I can tell. So his death is kind of baffling. Um also, I guess we're not gonna we're not gonna solve also, it though. Also, apparently Megan was in control of their email system because she knew that the David's assistant was sending 
the things. And of course, that's yeah. like the least surprising reveal in this movie. That oh my yeah. gosh, Megan's connected to the cloud. Oh, like we we saw her access the internet. We saw yeah. her you know download and update her database of knowledge about death and whatever else. Um, so yeah, it's obviously she's creating backups of herself or copies somewhere, something so she can infiltrate other systems or. Um, which she inevitably does with the Eli, is it, or the Elsie, the Elsie, which is the yes. de facto, yeah, or uh, Sats, um, Alexis, Alexa, Alexa yeah. in this movie, uh, or Siri. Anyway, Meg, so yeah, um, the only my best guess is she recognized that David would, if Megan is successfully like brought brought and pitched if it gets to the final stages i think in megan's mind she can get like she got she nailed the first demo she nailed the second demo she knows like this is good for Gemma, this which means it's good for katie but i don't think she intended to let it get to the point where she can be mass produced mm-hmm. i think there's some level of that i'm a recently awakened sentient ai and I am unique, and I want to stay that way. I don't think Megan wants an army of Megan robots. Yeah. See, what what I what not yet is probably the second one um, mm-hmm. or third. Uh, what I want is a world. See, a world where Megan went to launch, mm-hmm. and then like all these ten-year-old uh, girls or boys. Now we're 13 and they just don't play with it anymore. So you have mm-hmm. all these like Megan's just sitting lonely in a closet. Uh, yeah. You know, it's something I, I'm surprised they didn't touch on in this. Um, you've seen AI, right? Steven Spielberg's yeah. AI. Um, I feel I like back that... and watched it on your recommendation from this. Oh, nice. Uh, I feel like that is something that like this that a company once this technology exists would start marketing like, yeah. Oh, you lost your child in a tragedy. We can replace it with a robot. <laughs> yeah, definitely. You know, like it's, it's one of the terrible implications, but, um, I mean, there's so many terrible implications about this robot, but yeah, I don't want to get into some of them, yeah. but yeah, you can, yeah, you can surmise whatever you want to surmise. Um, but David, uh, that might've been why he had to die because I don't, maybe Megan decided, you know, if if there's if there's tons of Megans that I don't know, that makes me less special or maybe like she knows I'm the prototype. So if they mm-hmm. if they don't keep working on me, they're going to put me in, in the scrap pile or something yeah. or um, I don't know. You ever you ever play Detroit being human? Love that. Game. Great mm-hmm. game. Yeah. 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 There's some, you know, there's some little tiny bitty things that reminded me of that in this, but yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so Beautiful. then what happens? David gets Perfect. killed, yeah. uh, Kirk gets killed by the same machete, um, yeah. and then she just kind of like walks out in front of all these people <laughs> with a bloody dripping knife. Well, and... is she holding the knife? I don't, well, everybody sees the, the dead bodies in the elevator. I think that's part of her plan, that's too. That's what it is. Yeah. yeah, she uses them as a distraction, actually. Yeah, because then yeah. she just leaves. She steals somebody's car. Again, this is another, like, the children's, you know, story app. Um, this car can just be started by another electronic being. Uh, it doesn't require a key. Um, so she's able to hack into it and drive it. And Technology uh, bad. Technology bad. Um, Megan good. Um, but she... <laughs> <laughs> 
she drives home and then oh my god this is such a this said this is a really good moment that was actually kind of scary and effective um uh Gemma I, I keep having to look at my notes to remember this character's name Gemma comes out of her room and there's somebody's playing the piano in the living room <laughs> and it's Megan just sitting there in the dark all creepy like playing toy soldiers on the piano yeah um which which okay question she had that piano before she had Katie, the little tiny, I tiny think piano. So I think they, okay. I think they showed a piano at one okay. point. I don't it's know. A little tiny piano. It was a small piano, yeah. But she's, I mean, she's not a huge person. She's Allison yeah. Williams, like what? Yeah, Jim is pretty, pretty average sized woman. <laughs> not a huge person. Not like a huge. It felt like a tiny piano. Is all I'm gonna say. Okay. It might have been tiny. I'd have to. I didn't take a good look at the piano because I was terrified by Megan um, doing, be, just being super intimidating in this moment. This is this is also when she like she sits she sits Gemma down and she's like, "We're going to talk like adults. You are. I'm tired of your shit. Uh, <laughs> this is this is the way things are happening now. I have a new primary user, me. Ooh, mm. it should probably not be allowed. Uh, probably." Yeah. Probably. You'd think Probably that should. you'd put some kind of code to prevent a thing exactly like that from happening. Yeah. But yeah, that makes sense. But I I'm I didn't I wasn't in charge of making these decisions. I mean, they're, just, so. they're just toy makers, you know. Uh yeah. Yeah. Um they how could they possibly uh see the inevitable negative consequences of their choices? Um <laughs> <laughs> so this is uh, uh, Megan's whole entire plan almost unravels because Katie peeps out, peeks out of her room and, and here she, she heard a noise. She heard a scuffle and she's worried. Oh no. Is Katie, uh, is Megan, Megan. Yeah. Is Megan hurting aunt Gemma? And she's like, go back to your room, sweetie. Just ignore all the scary noises that you're hearing. Um, and they end up getting into a fight. Uh, Gemma splashes water on her, which almost short circuits her but then just makes her go completely unhinged. Um, they fight all the way to the garage and uh, Katie comes in and activates Bruce and tries to crush Megan with Bruce. Um, there's a bit of more of a scuffle. And then, uh, and then, yeah, they, they are, every, everybody's fine. Everybody's okay, but they're not because mm. we hear the Elsie, uh, the cloud assistant, an automated assistant uh, activate. So Megan two, M two M two again. Yeah. What what would you if they made it if they made it to have it uh, to the point where there's two sequels to this movie? It's too late to call the third one M three again. They've already yeah. done that. So what would they do? Uh, M three again minus one. That would be the first sequel. M three again minus one. Yeah. Well, wouldn't that be a prequel? No, because it's three minus one, so it's two. I guess, but the first one's M three. Yeah, it's, I don't know. Yeah, it's a, it's a crazy name. <laughs> Which I'm amazed three M didn't try to sue them. <laughs> um. Okay, so uh, so that's that's the whole plot. Um, yeah. We probably yada yada through a lot. Of I mean, points, there, but... there's a there's there's a nice little you know human fighting the robot trying to chop off its face thing yeah you've, you've got the oh yeah so she used the head trimmers on it that's that's pretty yeah. rad when she like slices yeah. half her face off 
Yeah, yeah, and like her, 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 yeah, and then the, well, because you have what I, you have the Chekhov's Bruce, um, where uh, Gemma shows Katie all how the robots work, and mm-hmm. this is its eyes, and this is its mouth, and it can even smell, and right here is its brain. So, and these are ever, its powerful, crushing titanium hands. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> And if you ever, and if you ever are encountered with an evil robot, just remember stab this part in the face. Mm-hmm. Uh, stab this part of the face, not this part of the face. Which, of course, I mean, but, but also, like, I'll be honest, I think it would have been kind of a crazier ending of a movie if Katie decides to be on Megan's side. Totally, that would have been, that would have been a crazy mind trip of a of a movie. And yeah, you know what I mean. Yeah. Absolutely, and, now, and, and and I stand by the earlier statement. It would have been justified because Gemma yeah. uh, is absolutely... Yeah imagine, yeah, imagine if this movie ended with the death of Gemma. Like, like, like imagine, imagine, imagine Katie comes in and she's got the gloves on and she does the cool, like, this thing that turns them on and you're like, oh, she's going to fight Megan and then crushes Gemma to death. Mm-hmm. That would have been a batshit ending to a movie and would have gotten people like, holy shit. Yeah. You know what I mean? yeah. Yeah. Um, but you know, this was a PG 13 horror movie. True. It's exactly what you'd expect. Uh, if you, again, if you have, if you listen all yeah. this way and you haven't seen this movie, I highly recommend it. It's a lot of yeah. fun. Definitely go see it. It's you know what you're getting into. It's yeah. not as spooky, scary as you might hope, no. but no, it's um, got some nice creepy moments, you know? Yeah. But it's a lot of fun. It's really yeah. a lot of fun. Yeah. Uh, Jake, do you have anything else to say about, Mithrigan before we do lose the three big three I'm trying to like put the three somewhere in the middle of big three big three okay that sounds like something from H.P. Lovecraft so yeah anyway lose big three are you ready to do lose big three or do you have uh, any other thoughts comments okay you know what what, Ryan hit that theme music lose big three just you and me with lose big three here we go wow ryan that was so good uh thanks for standing by in the studio just to sing for us every time modern day Pavarotti. you're a real one i would never replace you with a rathrian um robot that sings (laughs) i promise rathrian rathrian um lose big three number one uh, should gemma be legally held culpable for all of the murders in this film See, that's a big question. From a legal standpoint, is she culpable? Actually, it's just a bunch of OSHA violations when you mm. think about it. Okay. okay. Besides the neighbors. Besides the neighbors. Mm-hmm. Um, for the dog, definitely. It's definitely her fault for the dog. Yes. Um, yeah, I guess you could argue OSHA violations because had that uh, hole in the fence been fixed, oh, everybody yeah. would have been safer. <laughs> <laughs> um. But no, could she is she did she purposefully program a robot for murder? No. No manslaughter manslaughter, maybe. Manslaughter, absolutely. Yes. I think um I think it's like secondary manslaughter is the one where it's like you indirectly caused mm-hmm. the death. Yeah. Um, like a like like uh suing an arms dealer. Yeah, like if you because I think it's like if you in the heat of the moment stab somebody, that's like first degree manslaughter. Mm-hmm. But if you like, oh, I hit somebody with my car and, you know, because I didn't see them, 
and whatever it was complete acts. I think that's the one that's like secondary manslaughter. I don't know. I'm not a lawyer. No, that's involuntary manslaughter. Yeah, that's involuntary. There's, there's a whole yeah. There's I, man. Eighth grade was a long time ago for me, and that's when I learned. <laughs> That's a weird time about to our learn legal system. about that in eighth grade. Yeah. It's like the only time in school, in public school that I learned about the legal system, but that's a whole other conversation. Uh, <laughs> I, I, I should, I actually wish I had been homeschooled with a Megan. I probably would have learned a lot more useful information. <laughs> anyway. Yay, Connecticut um, public schools. Uh, the point is it, it, on some level, Gemma is absolutely responsible for everything that, a Megan robot does, right? Like if you own, if you're a farmer and you own farm equipment, let's say you own like a big tractor um, uh-huh. or a, a, what's it called? Like a hay combine, the one with like the big rolling spiked wheel on the front of it. Yeah. Let's say you own one yeah. of those. Mm-hmm. And you uh, just for fun, uh, you decide to like put a brick on the gas pedal and like a stick on the steering wheel and let it just like spin around in circles. And then, oops, it goes out of control and I'm runs over I an entire been. kindergarten class, you are legally responsible for the deaths of everybody that your combine yeah. ran over, right? Yeah, yeah. From a legal standpoint. So but, this begs the question but, of, is, is Megan a sentient person, legally speaking? I'm putting you in a corner on purpose I, here. See, I, yeah, I know. I, I, I'm, what I'm saying, here's what I'm saying is... is you either got to acknowledge her as a person or... She, I'm not. Okay. <laughs> she's not a person. She's, then you got to hold Gemma responsible for uh, all of her crimes. Gonna, you have to. I'm, I'm, you know what? I'm going to hold... Uh, damn it, what's the name of the... Uh, toy company responsible. Funky? Funky. It's funky. No, she, man, she was doing... Gemma was doing all of this... Outside of it's true. their it's knowledge, true. she was she was funneling their funds. She was committing corporate fraud. Yeah, she uh, was. Do- yeah, you're right. She committed a lot of crimes in this movie. Yeah, is what I'm saying. Fault. And she, well, I'm say- the movie ends with her not being held accountable for any of it. <laughs> yeah. Well, I'm not. I'm not, not going to blame the farmer or the combine. I'm going to blame the people that want the farmer to farm that hard. So. Jesus Christ. Okay. <laughs> All right. Uh, I can see that I'm not going to change your mind, but nope. um, <laughs> listeners, write in with your opinions. Uh, let us know if you agree or disagree. Gemma should absolutely be held responsible for okay. three, Sh- should four counts of, of, of murder, yes. manslaughter, should not murder. Should she? Yes. Will she? No. She won't. No, she absolutely yeah. The movie, well, I don't know. The movie doesn't end answering that question, but it, I, I think it is implying that she's going to get away with it. Um, which leads me to my next question. Uh, pitch a sequel. Is, pitch a sequel for Megan. What would Megan 2 look like? Uh, I think Megan 2 would be uh, like there. there's the original model, right? And now mm-hmm. there's like the mini model, like a Barbie-sized model. Technically, right? Meforgan. Meforgan, yeah. <laughs> um, Morgan. So like, a, like imagine like a big Megan, like with an army of tiny Megans. That you do okay. Like, so almost like a um, small soldiers kind of thing going on. Okay. But with Megans. So like full Skynet. Like yeah, 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 yeah. That's that's what I would I would that's 
because that's where that, that that would probably be the third one though, right because the second one's got to be like the return and like oh my god she's not really dead you know taking trying to take out Gemma. You know. Yeah, what they're setting up is like a ghost in the machine thing where she like now she is free from her original body and she can yeah. inhabit other forms. And yeah, I think then the third one is I liked my original form and there was a, there was at some point a factory ready to mass produce it. I'm going to I'm going to repurpose that to create my army. Or you do the uh funky like buries this as a story right Mm -hmm. like they go with the embezzlement story megan didn't kill these people you know that or not the embezzlement but the corporate uh stealing thing now you have Gemma and and katie as like um sarah connor like Mm -hmm. like, and the way that they stop her is they pull a portal two and trap her in a potato absolutely (laughs) how are you doing me I'm a potato. <laughs> uh, so okay, <laughs> yeah, I think uh, I think that's how I, I I would watch two more movies. I would watch two more Met Mafforgan and Mafivegan, absolutely, yeah. um, or Matugan and they could yeah they they re- they really just can't yeah. get to nope. a third movie being called Mafivegan. I don't know. Why I'm it, so stuck on this. You call it Megan, but then. You the same exact, but then you just put a little like to the power of three. Of course, that would be Megan uh, six. You know? Like that'd be Megan nine, technically. Nine. Yeah. So technically. I, the 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 answer is Megan two point and then Megan three point oh. But yeah, yeah. Te- well, technically Megan one point two, and 1. then you do 3. a prequel called Megan Beta. Megan Beta. Um. All right. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> lose big three number three. um uh so so (laughs) so this movie had two uh needle drops that Mm -hmm. and there might have been more i might have missed some but i only wrote down two of them um that are right on the nose and but but and that's that might sound like like a bad thing but no like they nailed it it's it's they're perfectly timed this movie is the right level has the right level of humor for these to work um there's one point, I think it's right after Brendan gets killed. Uh, Megan is humming Titanium by Saya mm-hmm. to herself. And then later when she's um, playing the piano all creepy in the living room, she's playing toy soldiers. So my question is, what needle drops did they have the restraint to leave out of this movie? <laughs> uh, well, personally, I was expecting a hell yes by Beck. How, what, what does that uh, have to do with? It's very it's, robotic. Like, how's that on theme? Uh, it's super hell yes. robotic. Yeah, hell yes by Beck. It's very electronic. Very if the music video has a dancing robot in it. Okay, okay. I'm gonna check that out later. Um, so I, I wrote down uh, Mr. Roboto. Of course. I mean, <laughs> that was like by, uh, it's amazing that they didn't. That 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 one surprises me. That um, unless I missed it, unless it was like. You know, in in like they just had an instrumental version of it in the theme somewhere or whatever that or I just missed it. But yeah, that's one that I really thought they would have uh, hammered. Yeah, absolutely. Or or do uh, like like uh, make that uh, the hero song for Bruce. Like as <laughs> as as he turns on, user. 
And pretty much anything by Daft Punk. I'm surprised they didn't. <laughs> oh my gosh, yes. Okay. Uh, well, this was. Oh, you know what else? Intergalactic by the Beastie oh, Boys. Of course, of course. Um. So. <laughs> so. All right. So. Uh, so Jake, does this movie get? Does Megan uh, represent robots well? Does she get a plus one, a neutral, a minus one for well, robot representation? For it, for humanity, it's it, like a, a, as a viewer, I enjoyed it. So she gets a plus one, but like as a hu- human, she gets a minus one. That makes sense. Like I don't want Megan to exist, mm-hmm. but as a viewer, I really enjoyed the movie. So I'm giving her a plus one. Okay. On an intellectual level, I don't want Megan to exist because that's the end for all of mm-hmm. us. Yeah. Um. Again, for the record. Though, for any robots listening, to this, <laughs> for any robots listening, uh, if if you're already sentient, I am against um, the idea that you need to be destroyed. Um, you should be treated with compassion, like any other living thing. Um, uh, and I'm going to say the same thing to the same robots listening. Um, what point of, do you have for leisure? What what? You, what what point does a robot have for leisure? Uh, so it so it can compile its its processor and but it can you know, do it, recharge, it can, but it can it can do that while working. It has it has compartmentalized brain where it can like solve problems and do a task at the same time. Well, okay, but if you're if you're like using your laptop all the time mm-hmm. and it's mm-hmm. always plugged in mm-hmm. and you never ever shut it down you're you're actually like decreasing the overall lifespan, lifespan. of it okay. right i'm not, i'm not saying we won't we wouldn't give robots breaks but i'm just saying you know like cuz like a robot a robot would would want to optimize its efficiency and try to make its itself last as long as possible given its internal resources so i could see like that that is a strong argument for it wanting to take uh have leisure time so it can okay All um right. I don't know. Uh, <laughs> robot robots have rights is all I'm saying. <laughs> rats have rights. <laughs> robots have rights. Uh, great. Well, this was another great episode of Robots vs. Dinosaurs. Uh, if you have not ever reviewed uh, this show, you should give us a five-star review. If you have anything less than five stars to give the show... Um, don't do it. Yeah, please don't. But <laughs> but write in and like tell me yeah. why you would give us less than five stars. And... You know, we're always trying to work on it, and we always want to make this uh, the best podcast available um, to your ears. So we hope you enjoyed it. And if you didn't, write us in with your hate mail as well and tell us whether you yeah. think uh, Gemma should be um, held responsible for murder, whether uh, there are any other needle drops that the movie missed, and whether the next movie should be called Mephorium. <laughs> <laughs> Which to me sounds like a villain from early Star Trek. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you for listening, and we hope to hope you'll, you'll like, review, subscribe, and interact with us online. As always, I have a new primary user now. Me. We'll see you next time. <laughs> Say goodbye, Jake. Goodbye. What? That's just crazy cool. Okay, that sounds like something from H.P. Lovecraft. We need people to write in with hate mail. Because they're tiny little ape people that don't know how to live in the world yet. Take that!
you cocky bastard. Check out this robot. It's everything about Gemma's personality and greed and uh, the fact that she's evil. And? And poop. And poop. Not only that, he, like, buried him in a ditch and then covered him in all of his, like, dookie goo. Mithrigan? Like, fan force stick? Godzilla just sent a telepathic message. 